Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. He kōna e pūrangi tēnei nā te reo irirangi o Aotearoa. Last year, I spoke to linguist Dr. Andrea Kalode about a book she'd co-authored with Professor Laurie Bauer. Essentially, it was an unpacking of the mysteries of the English language, which anyone who's had to learn it as a second or a foreign language knows that there are plenty of. This year, though, Romania-born Andrea starts working on another bit of research she's long been interested in, loan words from Maori into English. Her fascination has been long and strong and eventually landed her a Marsden fund to investigate this, with children being the focus. Children are drivers of change. Children play around with language and in general young people um, play around with language a lot and so they um, introduce new variants, they are very interested and attuned to changes that are coming in. We want to know what New Zealand children are making of the Te Reo Māori loanwords, so words of Māori origin that have come into New Zealand English vocabulary. This is Voices with me, Kadambri Ragukumar. It's fascinating the social information the use of these words hold. I mean, when someone chooses to say aroha instead of love or korero instead of conversation, what does it really say about them? Language and the choice of words obviously holding a wealth of information about the speaker. So it's really a study about social linguistics. What's kind of novel in a way about our study is that we're focusing on lexical variation, so word, you know, word variation and attitude towards specific word use. And this is, there's been some studies in this space, but but less of that and certainly not so much in New Zealand. So, and definitely nothing with, with young children, not as young as we're looking at. Um, but we think the age groups that we're kind of targeting from about 8 to 11 is where those first um, kind of thoughts about, well, this speaker is friendly, this speaker is authentic, this speaker is trustworthy or intelligent, those kinds of you know social attributes, what we call the social information about words, that's when they develop. So we really want to capture to what extent they develop and how they develop um, across different populations of gender, ethnicity, that sort of stuff. The use of these stereo loan words is particularly fascinating to her colleague, Dr. Hemi Fanga, who joins her on this research team. Um, in in Europe, you have to be multilingual. You grow up that way. It's it's if you can't communicate in more than two or three languages, it's kind of seen as a bit of a deficit. But in a in a in a place like Aotearoa, that you still find pockets of individuals who say, "Why using words like and other words like that in everyday speech?" and, and they get quite you know. Um, affronted by it, and, and I, you know, and I was thinking, oh, gee, I thought we'd moved on from that. I thought we'd moved on from and accepting that we're very much more diverse. You hear more languages spoken everywhere in the community. Um, I think it's beautiful to hear multi uh, different languages spoken 
and different words to describe different things, and, and they get incorporated into English, which is, you know, we all know the history of English, that it's, it's basically takes from different languages and, and then incorporates it into French, German, all sorts of languages and, and Indigenous languages as well. And I think, you know, that when you start thinking about how, as a country, it's been a slow embrace of those languages, really slow. So the study essentially looks into the sociolinguistic implications of how te reo words are being used by children these days and what they know of the context behind them. So, for example, um, if you might say something like um, tamariki or children, your choice of word. So at school, I've noticed as well, just being around my children in the school setting and, and the school, night and normal school where they go is wonderful and um, a very inclusive place. And um, I actually um, take part in a few of the activities and and children um, often hear the words tamariki, you know, um, from teachers in particular, I think, and so the choice of using tamariki versus children is an interesting choice. And it the environments that it is used and it is heard then become, you know, can, can actually acquire associations with certain people or certain contexts. So is this something that you've developed interest in after moving to New Zealand? Totally, yeah. I, I mean, I think, you know, as you probably maybe imagine yourself and I imagine many of our listeners who have made a move or have lived elsewhere and used other languages can kind of maybe um, associate with it you do pay attention to language a bit more you don't have to be a linguist right uh, and be kind of doing it for your job to to suddenly notice differences um when you move and those differences it's not learning another language is so much more than just transfer of kind of one word from this dictionary into this other dictionary right there's so much more um and the tricky thing is which I think many people are who've done a move across dialects also notice is that people who kind of tend to use different languages in their lives, yeah, um, one of the things that people like that have come to understand is that I think they see language as a little bit different for somebody who's monolingual. So because we know that in reality, speaking multiple languages doesn't mean being able to know the whole language from start to end and use it in every single situation and being perfectly representative of what a speaker of that language might be like. We are actually, there's a certain lightness in being okay with the imperfections, with the idea that, yes, I can use this language for these scenarios. Maybe I can use my te reo on, on the marae and I can give a pōwhiri and a mihi-mihi and pepeha perhaps, but, but um, you know, Personally, you wouldn't want to ever hear me sing anything. So, you know, this is not something I, you know, whatever. And so you could have environments where you use one language and environments where you use another. And mixing them is totally out of your comfort zone and it's just about impossible. It doesn't mean that you don't speak those languages or you don't have a relationship with them. And I think multilingual people, people who juggle multiple languages, have that understanding of that lightness around language that, you know, we don't expect perfection. We don't expect um, ability in every single domain. Andrea and I both grew up multilingual, so I can totally relate to that. With two kids in tow, she's now grappling with what it's like to raise half-Romanian children in New Zealand, observing them as they grow up exposed to Tereo, English, and at least a smattering of Romanian. And I can't help but wonder what that's like for a linguist. Yeah. Um, 
Da, cuțitul de aici vezi. Are you doing it? Da. Oh, ah, vrei să faci tu? <laughs> her experiments with trying to get her kids used to hearing more Romanian at home usually revolve around things like making lunch. What is it that you've been observing firsthand? Because I'm sure your your home is quite an interesting um, testing ground for a lot of this research and a lot of your studies. So, yeah, it's it's been fascinating. You know, one of the things as a as a linguist, you kind of think, please, dear God, let me not study my own children. Right? That's the kind of <laughs> that's the thing you don't want to do. Um, especially as they're they're kind of not representatives of the norm because I do talk about linguistics about language at home. I I talk a lot about what I do. And definitely am interested to to think to look kind of over my kids' shoulders to see what what they're doing with language. They they hear bits of Romanian around them but it's never consistent and they don't know other children that speak the language. So it's kind of a, a language of the adult world, which makes it less appealing. We used to kind of play some Romanian movies that my mother had sourced sort of from her Romanian travels. But then one day by mistake, we actually played Frozen in English with, you know, without the, not the Romanian version. And they went, oh, it's in our language. And I was thinking, no. <laughs> yeah, the perils of having a mother who's a linguist sort of analyzes your, not just what you do with language, but how you think about it. I think Romanian is your language. That is our language. You know, I speak Romanian. I spoke as a child. It is your language. And they kind of look at me like, no, no, no. We speak English. That's our language. <laughs> so for these two bilingual parents, Andrea and Hemi, the grant and this research takes on an even greater significance, I suppose, watching their children grow up in an increasingly mixed society here in New Zealand. We use language as a yardstick to measure so many things. You know, when you come into a room and you start speaking, it's a bit like we know how people judge you by the way that you dress and the way you move and your gestures and your behavior. Otherwise, language is all like that as well. You open your mouth and immediately people make judgments, evaluations, assumptions, stereotyping. And so it's very, very important that as these changes, so you know, we know there are massive changes um, happening in the lexicon of New Zealand English currently. As these changes come in, it's very important that we learn, you know, how the new generation, the future generation of speakers that is kind of coming through now, what what associations they make with the languages that they speak, with the words, and how they judge and evaluate speakers of those languages. Part of the grant is to develop. Um, really good resources that schools and uh, speech and language therapists and learners of English that are coming through, you know, from other countries here can access for free and be able to use to kind of acquire words that are in common use in, in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, like as parents, yeah, you know, we have a lot of sway on what our, our children think, well, children think about languages and other cultures and in society. So you know, maybe working well I'm trying to think about when what stages of, of a life of a life cycle is is key for us to ensure that these are not these biases are not embedded into our future generations about how we see other other people and 
um, other societies and cultures and in other languages as indigenous people this is this is our language and and how that's being used and, and appropriated into other languages is also really important for us to consider whether it's appropriate or inappropriate um, I think but that's all those things that as, as researchers really I suppose why we do it why we find it really fascinating and as a country as well and how we we're going to have to embrace multilingualism multiculturalism rather than being a country that had been brought up in my generation as you don't speak other languages, you used to speak English. And you, and my parents, my, my father was punished for, for speaking Māori. And, and, and all that trauma that is associated with learning language and difficulty having to go to universities and to learn your own language that should have been a given. Uh, languages is a really important vehicle to express who we are. And lots of people talk about language being a vehicle, but if you take away the wheels, the vehicle's not going to go nowhere. Dr. Andrea Kalade and Dr. Hemi Fanga on their latest Marsden grant to study Te Reo loanwords in New Zealand English. Thanks for listening to this episode of Voices. Every week I bring you stories from all across New Zealand on people from all around the world who live here. You can find more Voices episodes on all your favourite podcast platforms, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio and everywhere else. Today's episode was mixed by Rangi Poik and I'm Kadambri Raghukumar.